Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, I'm a man who keeps a can of Axe body spray for emergencies. Frank, how are you today? <laughs> and luckily, today is not an emergency. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Thank <laughs> Thank goodness. All I do right. keep a can of beer around, which I will be opening today. Uh, how Excellent. are you, my friend? I'm doing just fine, Frank. I'm doing just, just fine. Tell me about that beer that you're ready to crack open. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I actually did crack it open already. I, I'm <gasps> lying. But, Sacrilege. But Get a new open. beer. This, no. is one, uh, this is a new one for me. It's a Harpoon One Hazy Summer. Uh, Ooh, New England su- pale It's barely spring, Frank. What are you doing with a summer beer? Well, you know, I was feeling it's summer movie season has begun, so ah, here I am connection. with a summer beer. Redeemed. Good for you. But uh, it is. It's really. It's the first one of the first beers I would actually when they when when a beer is described as juicy, I'm usually like I don't really get that. This this I understand. This is a juicy, juicy and mm-hmm. like um, mild sort of uh a uh, pale ale so i i i actually recommend it i like it a lot it's it's very drinkable uh, as harpoon does does a good job with that stuff but you know you hear pale ale you think it's gonna be a little bit on the heavier side um but uh but no it's good it's very drinkable it's very sessionable i think um even at what is it 5.5 well 5.5 percent that's pretty low so i mean it's not it's not the high alcohol content of mine. What's yours? Six point five. Oh, woo! What do you guys? I'm drink. I'm drinking a Sam Adams Rebel IPA uh. because I'm feeling a little rebellious mm. because we're recording beer with geeks before Supergirl TV talk. So <gasps> feeling, <Yeah>. feeling, <laughs> we're breaking, flipping breaking the, the mold. We're we're flipping the script. We're doing things out of order. We're traveling through time. Whoa! Frank. Whoa. So, um. But anyway, so yeah, my beer is my beer is delicious. It's an American IPA. They I recently saw that actually that Sam Adams changed their recipe. Oh, did they? For yeah, I was just I was just browsing the interwebs. Where did I see that? Two years ago, amid declines, Boston Beer Reforms Rebel IPA recipe. Hmm. Two two years ago. There you go. I did just see this. Maybe this is what you saw because I just saw that. Uh... Uh, summer ale has a new recipe this year really oh no i was looking at the i was looking at the rebel okay clearly but but summer has a new recipe sam summer has a new recipe the Ooh, sam adams described the alteration as a boosted citrus profile and scaled back earthy spice note for a lighter and brighter taste Ooh, i'm actually on board for that me too because i like sam summer but it's heavy for summer and you know what i did actually just drink a sam summer earlier tonight as i was cooking dinner and um it 
now that I think about it, I didn't feel as full from it as I normally would. So I, I guess, I guess that's true. Well, that's so, good. Good for Sam. Good I'll for Sam. To, I'll, good for Samuel Adams, that tar loving guy. Anyway, <laughs> so Frank, you saw Endgame. We saw Endgame separately, but we're going to talk about it together because that's what we do here on Beer with Geeks. So spoilers from here on out. Oh yeah, you know, so we're going to spoil you know, the hell out of it. One point two billion dollars. You know we're. You know, we're doing this. But before we talk about Endgame, Frank, you might have noticed that today is not Friday. That is true. We're coming at you early. We're coming at you early. Beer with Geeks, in honor of Avengers Endgame, we are changing our release schedule forever. And Beer with, Ge- <laughs> yeah. Beer with Geeks, yeah. forever. The timeline has been changed forever because The timeline has been changed. They didn't put the time stone back, and we're just we're going in different directions. So from now on... We are releasing Beer with Geeks on Wednesdays. New comic book day, new Beer with Geeks day. That's how we roll in the Shire. So, uh, anyway, that was my... I don't know what a Shire is, but... That was um, actually a reference to the Big Bang Theory, weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah, you saw what you saw. That's how we roll in the Shire, as he's dressed as a hobbit. (laughs) It's great. Anyway, so we are here on Wednesdays. Let's talk about Avengers Endgame. Yes, sir. Frank, hot take right from the start. I've already texted you about this, but I'll put it on the air. Okay. I didn't like when Captain America said Avengers Assemble. You are the only living person who didn't I like know. that. I know. No. Okay. So I will, before people flip out and send yeah, please, tweets please. at Frank Ramblings. Uh, it's not my fault. Do that. <laughs> I didn't do this. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's not, it's not my fault. I trusted uh, them. Yeah. I trusted you. <laughs> it's not my fault. Uh, so, no, I loved it. I loved it in the moment in the theater. It was beautiful. It was this great swell. I got emotional. My tear, like my eyes were full of tears. It was great. All the, but. I'm mad that I didn't think about it until afterwards, and I I'm glad they went with the one they went with because they were all there on screen. It was great to see all the Avengers together, literally all of them except for the Hulk, which was weird. We'll talk about that. Um, they're all there, and then you see him or you hear him say Avengers assemble, and they all rush past him. It's beautiful, except that assemble means to come together, and when he says assemble, they literally all leave him and disperse. And it's a very odd, like, that's not what the word means. It's to come together. As Avengers Assemble, we come together. We have a mission. And so if he heard Sam pipe in and was like, Avengers, uh, you know, hey, Steve, on your left. On your left, And yeah. then Steve was like, Avengers Assemble. And then they all show up. I would have been so if he said it, satisfied. If he said it at the moment when they all came through the portals. Like right before they come through the portals. So almost like they're, they're being summoned by Captain America's yeah. Avengers Assemble. Like, I, it works both ways because seeing them all together and having them say Avengers Assembled, like, it's more like Avengers, we're assembled. Get it? All right. We're all together. Uh-huh. That but- is basically what it meant. So I feel like you're really splitting hairs here. It, 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 that now, is a Frank, feel, I feel like that's the thing that I would do and not you. So I, I'm very I shocked that this is your reaction to it. But so so here it is, Frank. This is my nitpick because that's all I have, Frank. Okay. 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 Then, well, then that's actually that... not true. Okay, I have sure. a bigger one. I have a bigger one. But let's All do right. positive All first. Right. We'll see. Yeah, that was. I got my nitpick out of the way. My my and... only nitpick is is also in that sequence, and that's when, um, 
uh, in that sequence, I think that was the moment for Steve to say, I can do this all day, not earlier. I feel like they kind of uh, wasted it earlier in the film that when he oh. and Thanos were, 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 were facing off with the shield and the hammer, that was the moment for him to pull out the I can do this all day. But that's, you that's mean, just it, you mean instead of like, when, when he, he was, says it to himself in yes. the past? Yes, that's all. That's my nitpick. Right. OK, you have one. Nitpick. Right. I have one nitpick. That's it. That's good. A good pick. That, was it a blueberry or a blackberry that you picked? They were strawberries, but it was so cold that they turned blue. Yes, thank you, thank you for putting for picking that up. Yeah, when I, put I it played down. that role. Okay, thank <laughs> you, thank you. The yeah. bet it's the kids' faces. It's the sound of music, everyone. If you don't know what we're talking mm-hmm. about, but if it's the it's the kids' faces, the siblings' faces that they make. It's like the most honest, like not acted role. Like where they're just like, oh my god, what is the matter with you? <laughs> It was so cold out that they, they turned, turned blue. blue. Yeah, <sighs> so good. Uh, All right. Well, so how do you want to do? You want to do? You want to do like favorite bits? Do you want? I mean, how how do you want to tackle uh, this? I do love a good bit, Frank. You know, you know, I do. Uh, I say we just we just I think we just steamroll ahead. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and that will you know, okay, spice up the conversation. If sure. something else gets added, let's 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 get the big stuff out of the way first um let's get the big stuff out of the way first does the time travel make sense to you uh You're a yes, time travel aficionado. you love sci-fi time travel i do love time travel i do it's, love i love me yeah. some back to the future i love me some uh oh god i mean i love all kinds of time travel terminator uh, i love uh, terminator i love primer like i love all these these time travel franchises um so so yep. that so does the time travel make sense to you? You good with it? It makes enough sense, yes. Ah, uh, so that's a great answer from a time travel fan. It makes enough sense. Mm-hmm. It's a time travel. You could pull apart any time travel story. If you no think, time because, travel really makes sense, but this makes the, enough sense be, because you can change the rules of time travel, right? So, like the time travel of this film is not the time travel of Back to the Future of not this of this because they say that so explicitly in yes. the film. This is it. This literally spits in the face of like all the different types of time travel, um, time traveling films. You, if you're just if you go into the past, that's just where you are. It's like visiting a different state. You're just in that state now. Yeah, and and uh, uh, the ancient one had a you know similar moment to like Doc Brown in Back to the Future Part Two. You know, with instead of a chalkboard, she did it with glowy bits in the air. But um, you know, she showed that the timeline skews off, um, at creating a 1985A. Uh, and she rather nicely explains that when you time travel, that timeline still exists. You're just not in it anymore. It's an all you're creating parallel universes. So you're not saving like, great. Take the eye of Agamotto. Fine. But you're not saving me at all. Like now I'm screwed without the eye. Like I'm, I'm, I'm totally our timeline. I'm dooming all these billions of people in my timeline. Right. So when cap goes back, like basically to give her that eye at that exact moment, you know, she then like, she's like, okay then yeah like that version of her but there's also a version of her that has to deal with the fact that like it's not back right no because he reappears so quickly that never has to happen gotcha okay that never has to happen let me if he had never come back or if he waited a year to come back or whatever then that would have happened but he came back the same instant so it didn't the second that we saw bruce leave her cap came Mm -hmm. back the very next instant okay it 
it's almost it's not quite, but it's almost the time travel in Harry Potter where Harry's like, oh, I saved you with the Patronus because it's me. I already did it. Like it's like in the psych. It's not exactly not that, exactly, but, but there's some similarities. It's, yes. It's, yeah. Um, what people have been like freaking out about almost where they're like, like, but did like so like Loki disappears with the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. And so they go back even further mm-hmm. to get a tesseract the tesseract back at a different time which means that that's a divergent timeline yes yes so he's gone he's he's off on his own thing and i think people are like trying to think like well cap went back and fixed everything no and i'm like oh no they screwed up no yeah no they screwed up and they created an alternate timeline there and so what they had to do was all right we're gonna have to go back even further and create yet another alternate timeline to fix this mess um that's right i will remind you there is a loki television series in development exactly I would not be no, surprised yeah, if we explore that timeline. I this is exactly what's going to happen. It, and now he's got the no, the ether is the reality. Yes. So, what's the space stone? Yeah, space stone. Um if he has the tesseract, tesseract he, has the, he has the space stone. Is the space stone, yes. So, well, that's a whole wide range of opportunity there. A lot of power now, there. This movie is really the first of its kind in a in a Marvel film that it doesn't set up what comes next like overtly doesn't set up what comes next it feels like a, a series finale like yep all our bows are tightly bound like that's it we're done we did it they dotted except, their eyes they crossed their t's except for the ver- divergent timeline that's the yes. one thing so i don't know if this is coming let me i want to if this is what i'm putting down here i'm feeling kang the conqueror is coming. oh okay see i um that's i hadn't thought about that so i i i have no reason to think you're wrong. Um, Kang, uh, for those who don't know, Kang the Conqueror is a, uh, like a, I don't know, a time conqueror. warrior. Conqueror. Yeah, for a lack of a better term. He's like the, I don't know, the Genghis Khan of time, I guess, or something like that. Uh, and uh, and so sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. It's like we got to fix time to, we got to fix, he's mostly bad, but like, you know, like we got to fix time to make sure time isn't broken or I'm going to do this and change this thing over here. So with all these divergent timelines that do exist now, you know, Cap going back and spending his life, you know, simultaneously in the ice, but also in the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, 90s, zeros, 10s, now all the way to 2023. Man, he looks good when you really think about it. Um, 110 years old or something. Yeah, he looks like Clint. He looks like Clint Eastwood, but better. <laughs> like really, I so like we could be seeing something with Kang down the line. That feels like that's to me like what if they're gonna set anything up? If they're that's that could be your next like movie arcing big bad. Something that um, crossed my mind, and actually my theory and your theory could both coexist. So go with me for a second here. Okay. Um, you know how there's that there's that thought that uh, wouldn't I think it was um, a Max Landis idea of like what if what if all of the bonds all of the bond former bond yes. actors mm-hmm. came together and there was like a heist film where like they all had to you know team up or whatever what if 10 20 years from now 10 years from now um, MCU reboots in some form or fashion there's a new cast that are playing Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and all of them. Um, and then what if that universe runs its course and someone decide they, they decide to, to dust off 
the idea that, well, there are several different timelines here. What if like almost almost like a Kelvin timeline Star Trek thing where it's like, what if we bring back uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and yada, 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 because they're all in a different time. They're in different timelines and we can time travel around and still go visit those people in their alternate timelines where they are. Uh, and, and, you know, somehow account for the fact that they've aged or just de-age them. Um, but there is a very good chance that that is how you could bring some of these people back because now we have time travel and we have alternate timelines where this person didn't die or they're living this alternate life or whatever. Um, this is something that could be used for a later story to bring some people back if they if they so chose. I absolutely agree because you've got, as, let's say, another 10 years before they do their big, like, you know, arc wrap up. Again, yeah. Yeah, 10, yeah. 11 years, something like that. You could conceivably do something like another walk through the MCU, but this time you're talking 20 years of films, you know, maybe focusing on the latter 10, but, you know, or however many at 10 years, you could be talking about another 20 films. Right. You know, but because not just a film a year, but that's very possible, Frank. That's very possible. I mean... I mean, it's not insane to de-age them. Obviously, we're watching. I mean, we watched de-aging happen across this whole film. Right. Like, it, they went back and, you know, you had a de-aged Michael Douglas. Again. As a young, again, a even younger version of himself with a bad wig, but it doesn't matter. It was cool to see him. <laughs> um, man, it was cool. And then, uh, you know, Howard Stark. There was a de-aged Howard Stark. So I don't even know if that man needs de-aging. He just, you know, just I say, I don't know if John Slattery was de-aged. Was, do we know that he was? Because, he, I mean, he looks good, <laughs> you I, know? I don't. I think it might have just been a wig or a hair dye or something like that. Yeah. Because the rest of them looked, looked great. Definitely Speaking hair dye because he has white hair. Right. Speaking of all these characters, who was your favorite cameo? Because there were tons and tons of people in this film for previous marvel films i definitely but, wasn't expecting the ancient one or uh jane foster those were total surprises to me i i hadn't seen that natalie portman was at the premiere so uh, that was those are total shocks to me wasn't expecting those at all palmer are sometimes sometimes guest hosts co-host of academy rewind palmer spoiled that she was at the premiere for me natalie portman so i was like ah uh, she's probably in the movie and uh, and she had one of the smallest bits out of any of them. Yeah, she was like, I got the I, impression it could have been that roll footage for all I know. I think that was like unused footage from or or just altered footage from Thor: The Dark World because I I didn't get it didn't feel like fresh footage. Whereas other stuff, the the different angles of the Battle of New York and stuff like that definitely felt like new footage that had been yes. reshot from different angles. Mm-hmm. Yep. I kind of feel like that it's inserted Rocket into that scene with Jane and called it good. Yeah, I that was my impression of the scene as well. But it, who's to say? Like, mm. really? Mo- mostly I get that impression because she doesn't say anything. Exactly. Like, it's exactly no what interaction. He sneaks up and then it's like, a, that's it. There's no there's nothing. I had not seen Thor the Dark World since you and I saw it together in theaters. So. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't remember like 2014, 13, 14. Yeah. So I wouldn't remember, uh, what, you know, whether that was a reused scene or, or, or if it was stuff from the cutting room floor or whatever, but, um, it seemed vaguely familiar to me, but I, I couldn't anyway, either way, it was fun to see her back. Unexpected Um, for me, for sure. Yeah. Many of them were unexpected. Like that one, like 
seeing a young Hank Pym almost wasn't as on or even a Howard Stark. Like I almost come to expect a Howard Stark mm-hmm. in an Iron Man film now. Like he's in pretty, I think he's in every one except the first one. <laughs> most of them, yeah. Really, you know, the, so, I will say the one that I think uh, I was most delighted by. Uh, I was surprised that Peggy Carter was there, um, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 really glad there was like new footage of Peggy Carter. But um, Jarvis, Jarvis. Me too. That one was probably my, if you're asking me my favorite, here, here, ready? Frank has a favorite. It was Jarvis. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was, it was James Darcy who played him in the Agent Carter TV show. Yep. That was just a huge tip of the hat. It was a huge tip of the hat to Marvel TV that normally doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I very much appreciated Jarvis being there. Like really, really James Darcy. Like. I loved I loved that so much. Uh, Peggy Carter again. I almost expect she's shown up before. I mean, she originated in the film, so yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, like she showed up in Ultron in their like uh, weird dream sequence things. Okay, which, yeah, dream sequence. And so I almost expected her. I did not expect the Ancient One, which was great because she said a lot. She yeah, you know? she was pretty like, pivotal. She explained she how was, the time travel worked, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, that I, I very much enjoyed the ancient one. I loved Robert Redford. Yeah, that was another unexpected one for me. All, all those guys from from that Winter Soldier elevator yeah. scene, like all that, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff, and the way they subverted our expectations. That whole I, I just have to say, going back to 2012, that sequence might be my favorite part of the film because it was just so well done and so many little details and so much fan service in a good way. Um, that really just tickled me. It, 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 oh, such a delight. Like that elevator scene, I for sure thought we were going to get another elevator fight and I was excited for it. And then he leans in and says, Hell Hydra. And I just about lost it because I'm thinking about what happened in the comics a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking about how he he used, you know, what he now knows. I love what the way he told his he told, you know, younger Cap. Uh, Bucky's alive, and that's how he threw him off in order to um, to overpower him. A, a lot in this movie, tell me if you agree, a lot in this movie relies on the audience um, knowing their stuff. And, and it, it trusts the audience to pick up on, pick up what they're putting down. It doesn't over-explain yep. anything. It's just like, he's going to say Hell Hydra, and you have to piece together, like, Oh, right, because he knows that now. Oh, and that's also a reference to the comics. If you get that, great. If you don't, whatever. You know, but there's all yep. these things that you have to have seen pretty much all 21 films leading up to this for a lot to of those things to make picture. sense. I agree. Now, it's funny. So I was, I was speaking with a student today, uh, and and um, she said, I, I saw it this weekend. I said, oh, great. What did you think? She was like, I really liked it. I haven't seen all of them. And so I've only seen maybe like five of them. So she was like, so I was a little confused at some points, but it made me want to go back and watch all of them. Cool. Which I was like, well, that's great. So it did its job on both ends then. It 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 filled the like it filled the need to feel like we've invested all this time into the into the MCU and they've given it back to us literally by going back in time. You know, they've given that time back to us. And then for somebody who is not really familiar, they walked away going, I want to know more. I'm so intrigued by everything that I just watched. And it won't be obviously the same viewing experience for them going back and seeing things and then watching Endgame again. But the fact that it can be enjoyed at both ends is that's pretty good because because we see it and we're like we're deeply entrenched. You know, I am 
there for I'm there for all of it. But um, you know, if you've never seen like Thor the Dark World is a perfect example of that. If you don't remember that Rene Russo is is Freya and that she dies and that she's Thor's mom, it's like you gotta piece a little of it to you gotta piece some of it together. But honestly, Renee Renee Russo it's the most she was utilized in all of those films. She was great. She literally had twice the number of lines in this film that she had in all the other films combined. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Combined. Combined. Well, I mean, she was only in two films, so yeah. But yeah, but, but in still. her third appearance, she had more than double the amount of lines in her first two appearances combined. That's great. I and speaking of all like the Avengers, like the original Avengers and how they're all of their arcs wrap. Let's kind of let's go into that. Let's start with Thor because it ties into his mother. Thor's probably been through more than most of them. Like and the films kind of hint at that. Infinity War definitely hints at that where he's like, well, he's with the Guardians and he's like, oh, I saw my, you know, father murdered and my sister came back and she tried to kill me and took out my eye and my brother tried to kill me a couple of times and all these people are missing and you know all, like he's and my mother was killed by some dark elves and it goes and goes and goes and goes and he's obviously dealing with some some heavy stuff but and it all kind of compounds itself into endgame which i like fat thor by the way oh my god parts of the movie the lebowski jokes just kill me they oh the i'm whole, all i I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And I love that. I love that Tony Stark has seen the big Lebowski and yet never questioned why Obadiah Stane looked so familiar. Who does he look like? (laughs) Uh, That's true. The Russo brothers just uh, just added the Coen brothers. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Balls in your court, guys. Yeah, we've made three movies that have reached over a billion dollars at the Coen Brothers. You know, <laughs> what are you guys doing right, over right, there? Right. Your move. Uh, so anyway, um, so I love that. I love that he, he went back to, well, one, the ether, you know, it takes place in the dark world. So, you know, you have to go back to that. But it, they were able to not only get the stone from the dark world, like Thor the Dark World, but also reapproach one of the maybe less popular MCU films like Dark World is pretty low at the bottom of many people's lists and I like I think it's very middle of the road for me but I like Thor so I'm willing to forgive some things in a way like I I like Thor's extended cast in a way that I don't really care about some other extended casts so I was so I'm able to like enjoy that film a little bit more but for um for them to almost validate that movie and the feelings that Thor has in that movie through Endgame just like enriches the whole MCU. Yeah. It's pretty masterfully done. I have to give them that. They they did a pretty great job with that. They made that film necessary. I I would have fully told people skip that one. Don't bother. It's it's not great. It's not important. Just skip it. Now it's a must see. So it's good work, see. guys. Yeah. And I would argue that it, it's I mean, if you think of it like the death of his mother is obviously like that's the must see moment. Yeah, probably even you know, so. Some of, the rest of it is like just OK. It was skippable, though. Like you could have just told somebody like his mom dies. OK, cool. Moving on. That's so true. You could. I mean, you guess you could do that for almost. I, he he he's kidnapped and then he makes himself an iron suit. Got it. OK, Kay. cool. Like Got you, know, it. you could do it with almost any of them. But um, but I would tend to agree. So but I liked that. Thor has been trying to be 
everybody's everything except for being himself, for being Thor. And so I really, I really enjoy, you know, because the whole point of him coming to Earth in the first place is so he learns how to be king, right? His whole arc from the very for, first movie to this one is like, oh, hey, you have to become king because that's like because your dad was king. Your dad is Odin. But he realized I'm not king material like I'm just not. He's not the king. And some people don't like Jokey Thor. I love Jokey Thor, dumb Jokey Thor, because that's like real Norse mythological Thor. Like real okay. Norse Thor is so dumb. OK, he's dumb as so, bricks. So I don't even know that. But what, so my approach to it, I, I like it, too. I agree with you. I, I kind of prefer Jokey Thor, even though I love the Kenneth Brown interpretation in the first film. But mm-hmm. I love Jokey Thor because that's been the organic uh, evolution that this character has seen over the last nine years. When did Thor come out? 2010, 2009. Um, yep. So like that, that uh, it's it, that's what this actor and the writers and directors who have worked with him over the years have evolved have created so it's you know it's this iteration of a character um that that i love so much it's almost like when you read a comic and you're like okay this is a different take but i've been reading this writer's version of this character for so long that i like it better than the original take now or or it just speaks to me in a different way than the original did that's kind of what this is it's 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 a different take but like i'm so used to it now i like it for its own sake right and honestly because it's been the same actor and you watch him be like this like you watch him in the first Thor film, and he's really like this angry, this angry, angry man. And as like he comes to Earth and meets friends, becomes an Avenger, he finds a purpose. He literally loosens up as each progressive film goes, and that's because they also discover that Chris Hemsworth has an incredible sense of comedic timing. Oh, amazing! And so they just give him more. Every director's and writers have given him more to do each progressive film to be a little bit jokier. So by the time you hit Ragnarok. You know, he's been on Earth for a while and he's grown accustomed to the way that things are. And he just has opened himself up to a new way of being. And he's actually comfortable in his own skin. By the time we get to Endgame, he's too comfortable in his own skin. Kind of, yeah, right. Too yeah. much skin, Thor. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and this film did, um, is this counts, Thor is a good example of this and we can keep coming back to it. I kept comparing and I kept comparing this film to Avengers and the 2012 Avengers in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. that was the culmination of like each hero had at least one film right uh, Iron Man had yep. two but it, everyone had at least one film and it was the culmination they, of all these storylines appeared in sort of yeah except yep. like Black, Black Widow appeared in, in Iron, Iron Man, Man two. two Hawkeye appeared very briefly in Thor right so you had you had. Everyone had been seen somewhere before, and most of them had their own film. And then you have this culmination of all these storylines coming together, and it felt like such a great tying together of these, you know, disparate threads. Um, and and this film was almost like, all right, all those disparate threads were made like a rope, and now all the ropes are going to come together and create, you know, an even bigger like cord. It's it's what you thought what you thought you saw the the pieces coming together already, and that was it. But like now, what those pieces created are going to come together and make something even bigger. And so, like with Thor, I thought when he said, you know, well, he is adopted in 2012. I was like, that's as funny as Thor's ever going to get. Like, wow, I can't believe Thor just told a joke. He just said something sarcastic, crazy. And then we got Ragnarok and then we got this. And it's like, this is a whole different level of Thor that I don't even know what to do with. Like, this is jokey Thor in a whole different way. Um, and, and that's just been like 
that's symbolic of what they've done with all the plot lines and all the characters uh, where you thought they reached their culmination eight years ago, seven years ago, and now they've reached a whole other level that you didn't think was possible. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good point. I really like the idea of like strings to rope to cord. That's that's what it, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Let's move on from Thor. Uh, let's move on from Thor. Uh, and so, you know, his arc is. Because this the whole point is like all these the movie was about these six Avengers, yep, and it was the completion or near completion of all of their stories, and so Hawkeye is really the only one that his story isn't exactly complete yet, and that's only because he has a te- television show coming, right? Really, but his story is basically complete. So, so Thor from film his film all the way to this one, you know he learns to become king and he, it's all about his discovery of this is who I am this is what I want and I'm going to go do more of that I'm going to go explore just a little bit more I'm going to go be part of the guardians as guardians of the galaxy as guardians of the galaxy we had Fantastic. an episode of beer with geeks entitled guardians and as guardians and I just want to point that out really yep I don't remember that at that all. might have been our that might have been our guardians of the galaxy volume 2 episode I'll dig it up and put it in the show notes but I cool. just to prove it exists but we titled an episode that, and when he said that, I was like, ah, I thought of that once. That's, no, it's crazy. I, that's, I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Anyway, that's not important. So let's go to, oh, let's go to the Hulk since Thor and the Hulk are kind of tied together. So off screen, Bruce figures out a way to finally merge him and the Hulk and become one person and again becoming comfortable in his own skin right that's the that's what he does it's uncomfortable for us to look at because the uncanny valley I found it very troubling that I did too yeah it, uh, it was didn't there's something about it I just like couldn't it wasn't look. bad it was just uncanny valley it was that, that you're exactly right it's that sort of like oh there's something just different something just off there yep yeah, yeah, it was untroubling, and I know what I know what you're thinking. I'm wearing a cardigan, but that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was uh, yeah, it was a little. I just I can't put my finger on it, but I like the resolution of his story mm-hmm. in that, like he finally, like he's basically he literally stops running from who he is and now and embraces the Hulk, and the Hulk embraces him, and they are together. I loved when they were in the past, and they were like, okay, Hulk, or like, you know, Bruce, go, like, over there. But, you know, smash stuff along the way. Make it look good. He's like, all right, but I find it very gratuitous. <laughs> he's, he's just like, like, take your shirt off. He's, mm, smash. <laughs> he's so his, unsatisfied. Like, this so, isn't fun anymore. This so, it's so great. I, I loved that. Um, very odd that, like, he... Smart that he's the one that snaps, right? Because Hulk's strongest there is. You know, take that, people who think Thor is stronger. Something mm. I don't know. But mm. he doesn't fight in the last battle, which I didn't notice. Somebody pointed out to me that he's not in on that last fight sequence. So where was he then? Well, he was damaged. Right? Oh, so where, right. He was still hurt from the snap. He was still hurt from the snap, so he's not really there. Okay. Or maybe he is, but not forefront. I could have sworn he was there. But anyway, it doesn't. That's that's his wrap up. And then because he only has one movie, really, he has Incredible Hulk and then he has whatever other movies he's in, the Avengers and uh, and then Ragnarok. There's a fun like theory out there. If you piece together his pieces from the other films, you get a full a full second Hulk movie. 
Yeah, you know, you really do, though, because he does have a whole arc in a way that, say, like, Hawkeye doesn't really have one. He doesn't really have one in Avengers apart from, like, hey, I'm a spy. You know, that's his Avengers arc. And then and then Joss Whedon gives him this family. Right. You know, like I was a not so great person, but having a family roots me down. It's good for me. You know, helps me deal with this crazy drama of life I I have. And then he, you know, he, you know, because in Civil War, he's like, what are you doing? I'm disappointing my kids. You know, like we were supposed to go fishing or something like that. And so he's continually torn between these two bits of his life. You know, he's teaching uh, Kate Bishop. I think it was Kate, it's supposed to be Kate Bishop, like uh, the next Hawkeye, how to shoot arrows at the beginning of this, you know, at the beginning of this um movie at the beginning of Endgame, he calls her Hawkeye, and then the mm-hmm. family disappears. Very tragic, very oh. sad. And like, you don't even you see them get dusted. You don't, you don't even see it. You, there's a little bit of dust from Kate That's Bishop. That's true. There was and a little then, bit, yeah. But, like, he's not looking at it, you know. Right. He's on a farm. There's dust blowing everywhere. Exactly. Oh, so bolt. well done. Do you think Basically. they called this the Dust Bowl? Is that what, like, the... Avengers Dust Bowl. <laughs> no, like, the, people on, the people on Earth, they were like, everyone's gone. It's the, the Dust Bowl. It's everyone. the Dust Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, did you, how how are the bunnies? Are the the bunnies okay? No, they have oh. dusted too. They're dust bunnies. Anyway, so, um, and so his his resolution is with his at the end of the film is like getting his family back basically because like that's he had already kind of retired and moved on. So, but his battle with Natasha with the Black Widow over who's going to sacrifice themselves because they're both trying to get Red out of their ledger. That's her That's her arc, right? I'm trying to remove... I'm trying to remove the sins of my past. Yeah. And what better way to do that than to become a sacrificial lamb for others, but to also ensure that my family is safe, you know, a.k.a. the Avengers, my adopted family... And then also you can get your family back, your actual family. So I get why she's the one that threw herself off. Like she, why the uh, why she wins? Because if Hawkeye wins, then his family comes back and he's not there. Yeah. So that's a terrible resolution to his story. It was the most fitting for her. She started out as a villain. He rescued her, made her a hero, and now she's paying it off by doing the most heroic thing she can do by laying down her life for her friends. Yeah, I I have to honestly I have to watch that moment again because I didn't I wasn't totally comfortable with that's how her story ended. Really? Yeah, I it felt a little maybe I'm pushing on the but it, like I felt uncomfortable knowing that the Russos has thrown two women off of that mountain. Oh, <laughs> like in back-to-back films and I was like that feels gross. Time travel is real though. Time travel is real. The yep. same way Gamora came back, so mm-hmm. can so can Gamora is. I mean, yeah, Gamora is a past version of herself, and I guess you could grab a that's, past version of. The that's Black what Widow. I'm saying. You could you could grab 2012 Natasha or something. You know, right after the Battle of New York or, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. If you I needed mean, her, you could grab a version right before she goes to get the Soul Stone. Really, I mean, if you really fine, sure, yeah. If you really needed her with those memories and whatever else, but. At the at the same time, like uh, a, I don't know. There's something about it that just doesn't settle exactly right with me. I I saw the writers do a 
um, Marcus and McFeely, they did a um, inter- they did an interview about her self sacrifice, and some other people like myself have been like, Tony gets this funeral, and they're like, oh, also remember Natasha died. I very much agree with that that she didn't get any kind of memorial or or anything, any kind of send off. Yeah. I I would have hoped that that would have been a joint funeral of some kind, like a memorial for both of them. They were um, both Avengers, right? They were both and Avengers. They're what what they said they had talked about that and like you know like giving her a funeral or whatever else and they said but tony was a very public figure i am iron man whereas she was not she was a spy and so and so it they said it felt more like a disservice to her character who is this woman who is very private and like who has no back who has background who has no family all this stuff and so for her to have like a big thing like a like Iron Man or Peggy Carter or anything like that. It's like it's not exactly the same, and that's where they, you know, where, that's where everybody held. That's where everybody held off. But it felt a little bit. It felt much like the men of this movie have much to do and say. Yeah. And also, Natasha died. I know, agree like, with you. I, I I do have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Yep, I think that that, uh, and I never, I didn't really think about it the way you just said of like they tossed two women off that cliff, <laughs> um, but both were. I mean, Gamora's had to happen for the reasons we know Gamora's had to happen. Right, but and, this and one was regions. her like, choice. One is thrown, and she chose. They literally fought over who's going to sacrifice themselves right. all the way down, which right. is says a lot about their own character. You know, yeah. uh, in, you know, both of them so willing to to die for the other person, for their friends, for their family. Like they're just that's like being a hero in its own way exactly and it really does the 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 tension the way they ratchet up the tension during that scenes where where, where the, all the fake fake outs of okay this is the last uh, you keep thinking that that at the last second like okay there's no way there's that that one of them comes back from that oh okay and they did it again they did it, uh, he threw himself over the cliff now she threw herself over the cliff you know they 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 ratcheted it up in such a way that they kept faking you out so you had to keep thinking this is the last one this is the last one this is the last one so when it finally happens it has such an impact um, and let's be honest, just for the simple fact of like drama, like it had to be her because she's the one we're more attached to than than, than we are to him. Yeah, that's in some ways that's true. Like they're both in some ways kind of wasted characters, her less than him. But, uh, you know, like they don't always have as much to do as anybody as everybody else and him him more so than her. You know, he she had one film over him, one whole film over him as a character uh, and and um on top of that she had her senses the whole time and he was evil for three fourths yeah. of he was mind controlled for the first avengers so you're not like attached to him in any particular yeah. way yeah the first time around so but I, we, we know that there's going to be a black widow movie coming out and and it seems like that it's means definitely a prequel film that it must be a prequel film um and brent uh over on fans without borders pointed out um that It'll be really nice when we eventually get a superhero film with a female protagonist that's not a prequel. Yeah. Because <laughs> so far, you got Wonder Woman was a prequel, you got uh, Captain Marvel was a prequel, and now we'll have Black Widow will be a prequel. That's that's kind of what we're dealing with here, is that there are always prequels so far. That's and true. I'm, I'm but sure that's not intentional, but it'll no, be a I really don't... good day when it's like, just like any other superhero movie. That's true. I mean, I don't 
categorize prequels differently than other films. You know what I mean? Like that just means that they're being told in the past than in the future, but that doesn't invalidate the film no. at all. Like Captain America's first film was a prequel, technically. I think just the idea of like, well, we have to do this different because this is like the girl movie. Sure. I think for I think I think Black Widows is maybe the Black Widows and Wonder Woman, I would say, are maybe more assigned to this. Captain Marvel's sits in a slightly different space because we were only we were introduced to her in her film, which takes place before Iron Man. You know, but that doesn't mean that it's like a prequel necessarily because it's not like she didn't appear in one film and then we flashed back. Sure. That's her first film. It just happens to take place in the 90s. So I don't know if we I don't know if hers is technically a prequel. It is because it's still part of the same story. It's a different part of that story that happens before the rest of the story. Sure. Okay. All right. It still is. But but I but I hear what you're saying where she's not. Yeah. They they used her differently than they did the other characters. It's her first appearance because Black Widow and Wonder Woman sit in that category of like, oh, they were ancillary characters. They were supporting characters. And now we're giving them a back. Now we're giving them backstory. Right. Yep. Yes. That that I agree with. I won't. I think Captain Marvel's is slight. Okay. It's slightly different. It's almost the same, but it's slightly it's slightly different just because we're the second time we see her is is the modern day that's right you know yeah, yeah. not the not the not the not reverse the first time yeah, right? it's not yeah. the reverse so who do we have left here who haven't we talked about yet we've talked about cap and iron man their cap. resolutions let's do cap let's do cap so so cap's story is in Endgame is very interesting because well, Marcus McFeely have written all of the movies that Captain America has have basically most of the ones that he's appeared in. They wrote the first Captain America. They wrote Winter Soldier. They wrote Civil War. They wrote Infinity War, and they wrote Endgame. So if you really watch those five films, you can really see Cap's arc from start to finish. His is the cleanest right mm-hmm. from the beginning because it's been the same group of writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as Tony has been sort of like the the standout like like uh, face of the universe in a lot of ways i feel like cap is the heart yes i would agree with that and thor is the muscle or the yeah. heart i guess yeah. no he is the muscle the hammer he's the jokes of the universe so not the god of hammers not the god of hammers i forgot about that line so so cap's whole thing is you know just being a good just being a good person and then but cap's ability to not move on is part of his character he can't let things go that's that's who captain america is you know that's why that's why civil war happens really in the first place he can't let go of what he believes in and part of what he believes in is love and that's why he's the heart of the universe and so he you know he said he says in that meeting you know that the you know the um, support group meeting where he's like you have to move on you have to let go but that's empty words from Steve Rogers because he doesn't let things go he's and a so, symbol of hope but he doesn't always follow his own advice that no he does not and so for him to go back he literally gets the dance with with Peggy with Peggy Carter which is great you know it's funny if you go back and watch the Peggy stuff when she talks about her future and her husband and things like that she doesn't mention his name ever if you watch winter soldier she says oh you know my husband blah 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 so on and but she doesn't say anything about who he is like and for all 
intents and purposes, like she could be talking about Steve, like protecting his identity. Like some people are <laughs> like, oh, does she like not found shield because he comes back? And I'm like, that's a weird like why why would she just be like oh, I'm gonna stay at home and be a housewife yeah no, because Captain America's in my life that's you don't know Peggy Carter yeah if right, that's what right. you think like no she's cooler than he is like, <laughs> yeah so, say, she got her own TV show he didn't I rest my case yeah there you go she had Jarvis she had Jarvis yeah yeah, yeah. um I love freaking love Peggy Carter oh I'm so sad that show got canceled. But I'm so glad she had a happy ending with Steve. They had a happy ending. And I'm, I I really thought he was going to die. But I'm so immensely satisfied with his ending. Because yeah. his first movie ends with, no, 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 I had a date. That's the end of the Captain, first Captain America movie. It's so melancholy. It's oh. so sad that that's, you know, that's where he finds himself. And he not only gets to live his whole life as Captain America, but he gets to go back and have that life that he originally wanted with her, or that they wanted with each other. It's a really, really nice send-up to both oh of them. Oh, my God. It's so great. It's so great. It's so... I, I, I Going into the movie, I thought he was going to die. Um, and we knew Chris Evans was done, and you know he he tweeted about it and everything. Um, but, uh, but I... As soon as we saw that picture of Peggy in the pocket watch, mm-hmm. I he, he mentioned her. He said, I, I had to leave the love of my life behind. Then we saw the picture. Then he actually saw her face to face through the window in 1970. And, and his picture was on her desk. And his picture yeah. was on her desk. But by the, by the second one, right? But when he, he said it, and then we saw the picture, or whichever, maybe I'm flip-flopping the order of those two. But, but th- those two things alone, I was like, he's going to travel back in time and be with her. He's not going to die. He's going to yeah. he's going to get to live. He's going to get to yeah. relive his life with the love of his life. Wow, you called it. The good for you. I did. I was not paying attention to the film that way. We like had I was, seen nothing of Peggy for years. For them to mention her twice within like a half hour or yeah, whatever it was, I knew that had right. to mean something. Yeah, because he mentions her. He sees the picture because the other Captain America is like you know it's like where'd you get that and yeah, you know, yeah. his past self and then he sees her in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, really good. And then you and then of course you have Tony, who his whole arc is you know he started as this, you know this um, oh god, you know self self serving, self everything, self protecting, selfish whatever. arms dealer, selfish arms dealer. And even when he becomes Iron Man for the first time, it is technically for like not selfish reasons, but it's like he's coping. It's just like it's almost like his. You know, his way of dealing with things he doesn't want to deal with is becoming Iron Man. His PTSD. And then, you know, like there's nothing but the next mission is what he says to Pepper in the first movie. And, you know, nothing but the mission. But what is your mission, Tony? What is the actual what are you actually trying to accomplish here? And then it goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And then finally we get to Endgame and he has that self-fulfilling prophecy of like you know he had that he had that dream about the baby in infinity war and he's like that was like that was real like you know and then we we see him in infinity war five years later i mean in endgame five years later he's got himself a kid you know and he's he has everything that he feels that he wanted and then he so nonchalantly solves time travel which i loved just like no big deal i solved time travel mobius strip so great so great just like backhand but what i really like about this what i really is that like he has his real daughter right and you know and he says no 
I have what I need, and I'm sorry that other people don't, but I can't fix everything. Literally, yes, you can. Literally, he does fix everything. He does, yeah. He can't fix everything, but what what makes him actually act is seeing a picture of Peter, who is basically his surrogate son, right? So, like, he may have lost, you know, he, he like, he may have gained a daughter, but for him, like, he's dealing with the loss of, like, somebody he views as his son. Yeah. And, like, he's doing, like, he has to do this to, like, to still, like, gain, like, his family back. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it it works it works really well like it, it it really really well um you know for not having a lot of screen time together really a lot of films together the relationship between tony and peter is is very well structured really well done yeah and it's what really, really causes, well done it, and it's what causes him to act more than anything else and so for him to have his i am iron man moment all all over again is pretty great it was pretty great. One of the best on-screen deaths I've seen in a long time. Like, he really nailed it. Like, really. He didn't say a word. He did not have to say a word. Nope. He just, he was in, he was catatonic after what he did, and and that's it. He just, he he, he was just gone. He snapped, and, and I don't think he said another word after the snap. Nope. And, and the three people, like, the three people in his life, like, the really, really big ones, Peter, Rhodey, and Pepper, were all there, all there, and that was that was really great. You could argue that Steve could have also been there, but Steve and Tony have been so adversarial, you know, through the, almost through the course of all of these Avenger films. They and they had their reconciliation moment already. They yep. didn't need a second one, right? Here. Right. So it's really yeah. for his best friend, his wife, and his son. It was much more important for Pepper to be there. I was, I was frankly surprised that Pepper wasn't like pushing people aside. Like, this is my freaking husband. Get out of the way. <laughs> Pepper know? is that good of a person. I know. And she was like, yeah. make sure Peter's okay. And now I'm going to make sure I get to talk to my dying, dying husband. Yeah. Um, but like, he, you know, because of the five year uh, jump, they've been on this journey for 15 years. That's right. You know, it was 10 years up to Infinity War and then five years past it. So this has been a 15 year journey for, for Tony and Pepper in particular. Um, and they've been through a hell of a lot together and it all, it all wrapped up there. And, um, it was, you know, it was a tearjerker. It was, it was a tearjerking moment for sure. And then the memorial on top of it with the, the first arc reactor with the, uh, that, that she had, uh, you know, in, inscribed, uh, for him back in the, in the first mm-hmm. film, yep. uh, sending Proof that off. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's a feat of scheduling to have all those people there standing at the oh water. Oh, God, right? Like, that's what I like. I was like, it's kind of taking me out of the moment that I'm thinking about how it, like, the whoever scheduled all of this and, like, was able to make it work that they all were there. Like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, oh, by the way, we're going right to the Oscars from here. <laughs> like, that's why we're all dressed up. Right. Like, very, right. very impressive. Very, very impressive. And, yeah, I love that. We could talk about there's tons more to talk about. We haven't talked about Thanos or the guardians or so maybe when the, it comes back out on, you know, when it, when it gets released again, we can come back and revisit it after we watch it again. But let's, uh, three hour commentary, three hour tour, <laughs> three hour tour of Avengers Endgame. Do do do. Yeah. So I, I'm immensely satisfied. 
I it took it, I was it, it I sat with it for a long time, and mm-hmm. yeah, I saw it Thursday Thursday night. So, um, it gets better in my brain as opposed to getting worse, which is always a good sign for a film. The more you think about it, the more like no, it just works. It just really, it does just work. Really I'm gonna works. see it. I'm gonna see it at least one more time. Are you? Yes, I'm seeing it in Saturday. Actually, nice. I have tickets to see it Saturday again. So, so I get it now that the expectation viewing is out of the way, I can like sit and enjoy the film for what it is. And yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. What Sam as Captain America passing the shield, not Bucky. What do you think? Uh, my first thought was I was surprised because I knew that Bucky took over for Cap at a certain point, but then you uh, reminded me or informed me really that that uh, that Sam, Sam had done the same. So yeah. that that I'm fine with it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they they have kind of there, there's more of a connection there now. You know, he and Bucky were friends before, but but um, Sam is sort of his protege, so it it makes sense. It makes all the sense to me. Yeah, but Bucky's his partner. Sam is his protege-ish partner. But Bucky is about becoming his own person, distancing himself in a lot of ways. Yep. And um, Sam is already his own person. And so right. he can bear the weight of Steve's legacy in a way that Bucky might not be able to. Uh, and maybe even shouldn't. So I think it was a, it was a good choice. It's a bold move. Um, yeah, it was a bold move. I, I liked it. I, yeah, I like it. Um, weird that nobody's talking about the vision still being dead, right? Uh, yeah, I had that thought too, but I guess if the, if the stone well, I mean, had to be put back, time. yeah, then how yeah. could you bring back vision? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a show coming, so it's somehow. True. I guess that is true. Yeah. I forgot there was a show coming. So there's going to be some resolution of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they pull yeah. him out of the timeline from 2018 or something. I don't know. I don't know. I know there's something about time travel that show involves because she did. Elizabeth Olsen did an interview and she was like, yeah, we're like going to be in the 50s at one point and like something like that. Where oh, was like, okay. oh. So there's time travel involved somewhere. Alternate realities. I'm not I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Um, so well, I uh, like it. One last question before we wrap up. I won't ask you for your favorite moment because that's tough to choose in a you know, a film filled with great moments. But was there a moment that made you like swell up or clap or, you know, get tears in your eyes, something like that? Cap with Mjolnir. Yeah, man. Oh, just the best. I think that, that was pretty was much everybody. Freaking awesome. That was freaking awesome. That made me so excited. That was a, like that was the moment that made me like clap, shout, like just with so much excitement. Yep. yep. No, that that was the moment. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, that one's it's that. And I also loved the female Avenger like coming in and tag team. That was cool. That was really, really cool. And that moment went on for like a beat longer than I thought it would. And it was great Mm -hmm. the whole time. Keep the gauntlet away from Thanos was great. But anyway, yeah, I think we'll come back with a commentary when it when it gets released. And you know what, Frank, maybe we'll do an Infinity War commentary in the meantime. That would be great. I have mm-hmm. two closing thoughts. Okay, go. One, um, uh, did you know Howard Duck was in this movie? No, tell me more. Ooh, I have a closing thought. Speaking of things, thinking of Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. No, I did. Where uh, is he? Uh, in, when they're coming, when uh, when uh, uh, Sam says on your left, and they come through all the portals. If you look, there is one moment. Uh, I just sent you a text with the screenshot. I also put it in the show notes uh, where you see Howard the Duck in the lower right corner of the frame behind Hope Van Dyne. 
Uh, so that was great. Uh, didn't that notice is that. Spectacular. That's spectacular, yep. right? Don't you love that? There he is. I friggin' cool. Friggin' love that. Friggin' love that. The other thing, uh, and could I have to give hope. This movie could use more. Could have used more hope. Yeah, I think we're gonna get more hope in the, whatever the third Ant Man film is. Uh, at least I hope so. Uh, something that um, such a simple thought, but uh, uh, came up in this podcast East, East meets West that I listened to. Uh, Tom Merritt pointed out, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode, but Tom Merritt pointed out that um, Feige and the Russos and basically every, you know, Whedon, everybody who worked on this franchise had the benefit of decades of awesome comic book stories and they got to take the best parts of those stories and look at look at them through the rear view and say like this was an amazing story infinity gauntlet infinity war these are great stories let's take the best parts and restructure them in a way that they can be a little more self-contained and work in this mm-hmm. environment so you don't need to know as much backstory and so you still need you know 21 films or whatever but um they had the benefit of years in in the rear view um to take these great stories and kind of cull them down to just the elements and tell those stories and they did such a good job with that and it made me think i would really love like the russos to write comics or or feige to write comics um and 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 you know write new stories like write brand because they 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 wrote some brand new stories with a lot of what we saw over the last 22 films a lot of it was based on source material but i would love to see their takes on like you know an ultimate universe or something um of of comics like one day in the future when they're done when they're when they decide they're done with the films i would love to see you know some of those creative minds behind these films try try their uh try their best at um at comics at writing comics yeah, yeah. I, I would almost offer that to Marcus and McFeely first because they're the actual they're writers. They're the actual writers. Fair, yeah. fair, yeah. Feige is the architect of it, though. It's true. He approves and says, yes and no, we're not going in this direction. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that, you know. So, I don't know. That's, but but I, absolutely, I like Marcus and, Fe- and McFeely, uh, absolutely, for sure. Mm. For sure. Uh, um, did you notice there was a Namor reference? Yeah, you pointed this out to me. I didn't catch that that was what it was. I kind of overlooked it when she said it, but why don't you go for yes. it? So Namor and Wakanda in the comics are pretty antagonistic against one another. And in Iron Man 2, remember there's that map of like all of these th- special events are happening all over the world, blah, blah, blah. And one of those pinpoints is where Wakanda is on the map uh, in Africa. And then right next to it, it's all a little bit off the coast. And in in Endgame, uh, Okoye was like, oh, there's this earthquake happening. And and, uh, and Widow was like, oh, what are we doing about it? And she was very like, nothing. We're doing nothing about it. We're going to ignore it. It was very direct, like, oh, okay. Like, why are you just like, just like avoiding this? We're doing nothing about it. Why are you being so firm about it? Because it's probably Namor. And Wakanda and and the their Marvel version of Atlantis is like, it's they kind of ignore each other. Otherwise there might be war. So they right. just kind of let each other be. So I friggin' would love if Namor was in the next black Panther movie. Like I would love that so hardcore because Namor is the worst. And I can't wait to see him on the big screen. Cause it's like, if, if Aquaman is like, like the noble King Arthur, then, then Namor is like his exact opposite. Oh Namor my God. Is yeah. Like, the worst he, he is like the guy you love to hate and i in a good way very anti-hero in that way but sometimes villain so i, I would really like i would like to see that like at, at like 
Wakandan Aquatech. Like, oh yes, my god, please. that'd be so cool, right? Yes, please. Oh, do that. So anyway, that's pretty cool. Would love to see that. Um, I look forward to you know Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home wraps up this phase of the MCU. It's sort of the button on the end of it, is what they've been like, saying. The same yeah, way that Ant-Man, Ant-Man was the button on, on the last phase. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I would love to see this. I'm, I'm looking forward to Spider-Man Far From Home in really just a few weeks here. Um, yeah. And then whatever the next phase holds. I love that there was no post-credits uh, sequence. Um, I, just, I the, just the Iron Man sound. Just which the I didn't state. The iron. Yeah. Once I found out that there was no post-credits, I didn't stay for that. So uh, I, I saw all the signatures on the screen, like Star Trek mm-hmm. 6 and all that stuff. But I yep. didn't um, I didn't see the... Um, I didn't hear the the iron clanging, so my next viewing, I'll definitely stay for that. But at least it didn't take me. You know, when Phantom Menace came out, it was a good ten years before someone told me if you stay to the end, you hear Darth Vader breathing. And I was like, oh, I never never stuck around to the end of the credits, but that's cool. Yeah. So this time it didn't take me ten years, so that's good. That's a win. That's trying to get in the right direction. Win. It just felt weird not to sit through a Marvel film, so we mm-hmm. stayed. You know. Okay. But, uh, fair. The the clanging is you know it's is somebody else building a, a suit. Or is it just a nice callback to Iron to the first Iron Man? Like based on the tone, I would say it's a callback. But I had I did hear I someone think. say like, "What if it's Morgan building her suit?" I mean, it could be Morgan. It could be uh, Riri. Riri. It could be it could be Ironheart. Yeah. yeah. So who who knows? Looking forward to whatever they have coming next. But I kind of love that they haven't told us what's coming next either. Like we know there's a, a Doctor Strange sequel and a Black Panther and you know like these Marvel Plus shows and Captain Marvel, but like the direction of those films is completely unknown and i'm that's exciting for marvel because you always kind of know a little bit of what's coming because yeah because they, they tell you they so, told us five six years ago this was coming right right and it just to tell us that and then to meet or exceed those expectations is pretty spectacular i know right what, what a cool weekend if they did a few people. years of no no um It'd be it, a couple years of like one-off films would actually be kind of a good palate cleanser. I'm not saying yeah. I must have that, but it wouldn't be a bad idea. It's almost like a nice give us a nice little bit of a break, and I think that's what you're going to get for a little while because you figure like it's a brand new Avengers team now, so they're going to have to rebuild in their own way. Right. Carol was hanging out with the Avengers for five years that we didn't see, right? But that doesn't. But those Avengers are pretty much not Avengers anymore. So her relationship with the people who will be Avengers now were the people who were snapped. So, you know, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and Black Panther, they weren't around. Right. For, so, yeah, uh, interesting. it'll be an interesting lineup next time around. But anyway, Frank, we could talk about this all day. So tell us where the people can find us and stuff. I could do this all day. Uh, you can find us at BeerWithGeeks.com. You can find us on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere good podcasts are found. Please rate and review us. That means a whole lot. It does a lot to help the show get seen and heard. Um, so if you enjoyed this review, if you found us because you were searching for Endgame and you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a rating or review. Tell your friends. At BeerWithGeeks on Twitter. Uh, Thought Bubble Audio. We have a whole bunch of other podcasts. We talk about Supergirl every week on Supergirl TV Talk. Uh, uh, Hate Watch with us. It's a delightful show. They do Game of Thrones recaps that are hilarious uh it's it's such so much fun they do a whole bunch of they recap everything uh, and anything those those ladies are, are wonderful uh shrill uh, uh loud women is the podcast for shrill on hulu if you like that show 
check out Loud Women. We have all these shows at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com and more. There are more shows as well. Uh, you can also uh, back us on Patreon if you uh, feel like this was worth throwing a buck a month our way uh, to get early episodes of the show, to get um, uh, special content like our Supergirl listeners get uh, a first reactions podcast like 15 minutes ever after every new episode of Supergirl. Um, we have cut for time segments. This episode, uh, if you're listening on Patreon, you're probably right now listening to the unedited version, um, which is going to go out right after we finish recording um, just to get it to you guys super early. So we do all kinds of fun stuff like that over patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. Um, but uh, those are those are all the places you can find us in a snap. Oh man, I see what you did there. Oh, I don't feel so, I don't feel so good. <laughs> what if we just ended it there with me just like staring off at my garden? Ah, uh, well then I would have to come and behead you. That's true. Twice, sure gun for the head. Twice. Oh man, I went for the head. Great sequence. But uh, we didn't even talk about that another time. All right. Well, until next time. Cheers. cheers. <laughs>